0: This is Selena from Idaho. I've never heard of I Doubt It with Dolomore. It doesn't sound like something anyone should listen to. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right. Welcome, one and all, to the show, the big, big show. I, I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and sitting delicate, ladylike across from me. The lovely and talented Britney Page.
1: I am not shaking my head.
0: <laughs> Angry.
1: No, I'm not shaking my head, I said.
0: <laughs> You're it's your term. It's my turn? No, it's your term. Oh, it's my term. Delicate lady. You always yes. talk about people wanting to treat treating you like a delicate lady or other l- women rather than like strong women. Like delicate ladies.
1: Yeah, well now people are treating uh, Hillary Clinton like a delicate lady right now.
0: (laughs) As we speak, which we'll get to. But first, before we do, big, big announcement.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow.
0: It's going to be so lackluster now. This is episode 200.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) So, funny story. I heard you play that horn earlier, and I thought it was happening during the debate. The Democratic debate was on, (laughs) and I looked at the TV, and I thought, where is this horn coming from? Like, someone's just playing this horn in the audience. Yeah. And no, it was you. It was me. Yes. Yeah. Very good horn selection.
0: So, here we are, almost two years in. Almost two years, episode 200, our numbered episode 200. We have had many, many Democrat and Republican analysis uh, debate episodes. Um, However, we are looking to do more bonus content, so maybe we'll just do away with the number system altogether. Although it it somehow comforts me.
1: Yeah, it's nice. I like it.
0: (laughs) Our actual two-year anniversary is actually on March 11th
1: Mm, coming up
0: it is coming up so and I think oh hell I don't know I don't know if that falls on an actual show day or not but we certainly have one more show in between now and the two-year anniversary of your favorite program Filled with news. News. And ridiculous comments.
1: So the 11th is on a Friday.
0: All right. So it does not. Mm
1: -hmm, Does not.
0: Fall on a show day. No. I guess we haven't really talked about this, but if you'd like to send us a message, say something hateful or loving about our (laughs) two year anniversary, you can certainly do so at 657-464-7609. You can also, as always, email... A voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com.
1: One thing I will say that is amazing about the 200 episodes is what a living hell it is to get Facebook likes.
0: Oh, yeah. We it also is, just crossed the 500 mark there.
1: Right. It is tremendously <laughs> difficult.
0: Well, our audience dwarfs that 500 number.
1: Right. That's why it's so strange. But it's difficult to get people to like your your Facebook
0: page. Well, I think I've said it before that... It, it makes sense to me because of all the podcasts that I do listen to
1: yeah I don't like any of their pages i don't
0: i don't know I don't like any oh well, maybe one the only shows I really that I like their their pages are like independent shows that I happen to know the people who run them mm-hmm. i don't i don't like i I listen to radio lab now and again mm-hmm. I listen to this American life every time and I don't I don't like them on Facebook, right? So it, I kind of I get it. Although I, I shouldn't say that. I should say, oh, I'm very down on right. People who what, do- are <laughs> what are you doing?
1: What are you doing, sir? Know.
0: I am completely fucking it up. If you would like to like the Facebook page, all you have to do is search "I doubt it with Dollamore" or "I doubt it probably" or even "Dollamore shit" for that matter, and it will show up. We would appreciate your you're liking us there we 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 yearn for your approval mhm yeah so before we move on because we do have some listener feedback from the facebook page um uh, <laughs> i want to make fun of the lovely and talented and intelligent miss brittany page
1: great just a little bit mhm
0: let's see what this entails she and i were driving in an automobile <laughs> Uh huh. Through a neighborhood mm-hmm. here in Orange County. Mm-hmm. Two youths crossed the street in front of us. Youths. And they were walking quite slowly. Very, do you remember, you remember this now? Very
1: slowly. Yeah. Yes, I do remember this. And
0: Brittany said, uh, They must be juvenile delinquents.
1: <laughs> okay. And,
0: I, and if I'm not recalling it perfectly, you'll have to forgive this me. This is so
1: ridiculous.
0: And I said, Well, what would lead you to believe that they are juvenile delinquents? And she says, "This is ridiculous. Didn't they have earrings?" <laughs> this is they ridiculous. They were both male. They were both male. And I said, "Oh yeah, absolutely. They did have earrings." Is is that your your benchmark for juvenile delinquency? And Brittany said, "Yes." No. That in high school, no. When Brittany was younger, oh
1: my god, only
0: juvenile delinquents had earrings. Okay, or uh, maybe more accurately stated. All the boys who had earrings were juvenile delinquents. Now, having said that, it's my, I have the floor, madam. <laughs> yes. I have the floor. Yeah, well. Having said floor that.
1: Floor full of lies.
0: I would like to let the audience know that I am just a little bit older than Brittany. So I come from a, you know, as time goes on, things become more permissive. Things become more liberal. And having having gone to school years before britney i didn't have that experience lots of people men boys young men who had earrings were not juvenile delinquents so here's your chance i'm getting ready to relinquish my control of the floor to you, mm-hmm. and have you defend or explain <laughs> yourself uh-huh. about this prejudice, this okay. evil, pernicious prejudice against people with earrings.
1: Okay, so first things first, <laughs> I was joking when I called oh. them juvenile delinquents. I was joking.
0: Oh, I know you are joking about that.
1: Because they. it was a, around an area that's like an alternative school, and... Well,
0: listen... They might
1: have been ditching
0: class. I don't want people to think that you're just a a raging bitch. It it was... They were bebopping and walking real, real slow across the four-way stop.
1: So, I was was joking, because I'm sure they're very nice boys. (laughs) But then we had the earring conversation, which is kind of something that I thought when I was in high school, because... Hmm. The people, the boys that were like troublemakers in my high school had earrings. And so I just kind of thought it was like a rebellious thing. Like I chalked it up to being rebellious and not necessarily juvenile delinquent, but in, in the course of making the joke.
0: So the, those they were problematic.
1: Okay, in the course of making the joke, <laughs> this connection came about. So you're throwing me under the bus for a little haha that was fun, a little funny haha little, that was made.
0: Just a little, little, a little tee hee.
1: Yeah, okay. But here's the thing I think that it's one of those things where you like know enough people to where you get a bad taste in your mouth about something. Mm-hmm. Kind of like people named Denise. Like I. Wow. No, like everyone I've known named Denise. Is kind of mean.
0: Yeah. For me, my name that I hate, it's not Denise. It's (laughs) DeNephew. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Shooting me right fucking down. No, do you you know what I mean? Do you have a name? Cuts me to the quick. Do you have a
1: real name?
0: Yeah, I do, but I don't want to say it because they may be listening and I don't want to... Plus, I don't want to alienate all of our Denise listeners, you know what I mean?
1: Okay, well, I'm just saying. Strike I...
0: two for Brittany Page.
1: <laughs> okay, you have a name, but you're not saying it, so it could be any of the listener names. That's right. It could be any of the listener names. It also
0: could be none of them.
1: No, because you said you do have a name. Are Were you lying? Are, were you lying again? Are you being a filthy liar again?
0: Brain-dead picklehead of litter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so have I explained it well enough that it was you a have. joke and that I don't think that everyone that has earrings are juvenile delinquents? You have. Okay. Indeed. Okay.
0: All right. Now, let's move on to the non-juvenile delinquent listener who left us a message on the Facebook page.
1: Hi, Jesse and Brittany. I was wondering if on an episode you could explain what exactly all the different political parties are and... And what their beliefs are beyond just Republican, conservative, Democrat, and liberal. I've heard left, conservative, Democrat, and so on. And I'm just not sure what their stances are on the issues. I feel honestly embarrassed for asking this question. But I think it's an important one to be answered. If you do answer this, please don't mention my name. I am that embarrassed. Thank you so much. You guys are seriously the best. Love the show. Brittany's the best
0: So we'll just say this is from Denise.
1: (laughs) See, everybody, that was all planned. That was all planned.
0: Right. Yeah. Please. You think I put that much effort into this fucking show? Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Well, I would say... I keep wanting to say her real name. I would say that the question isn't um, a stupid question at all. It's not something you should feel embarrassed about at all because... Right. The parties are changing right before... Our very eyes. Right now, the, the, the Republican Party, who knows what the fuck the Republican Party is. Traditionally, though, it has stood for limited government, smaller government, uh, which would entail less taxes, uh, less less government spending, less government intrusion into your personal life. Democrats, on the other hand, typically, are more for... Your social uh, safety net type programs, public entitlement programs, and larger, more—and this this is a a a, a loaded word—but a more intrusive, powerful central federal government. Then you have parties like the Libertarian Party, which is kind of a, a right wing. Version of the Republican Party, and in some ways, an even left-wing version of the the, Liber- the Democratic Party. So it's it's not a it's not an easy easy question to answer. And like I was saying, how the Republican Party has changed. George W. Bush took office and promised limited government, and then spent like no other president before him on wars. $16 billion for uh, African AIDS relief. Crazy spending, according to the George W. Bush, who got elected.
1: I think a lot of it depends on the person that you're talking to as well. Sure. So so she used the example of a left conservative Democrat. And so I'm going off that. That would be, I'm assuming, someone who is a left-leaning Conservative.
0: I think those terms kind of conflict. Person. You could be a conservative Democrat. And that would be someone who probably is more fiscally conservative. So you, you want the government to be more judicious in how it spends the people's money. Tax dollars. And you're liberal on social ideas. I could probably be considered either a conservative Democrat... Or a very liberal Republican. Because I'm a centrist. I'm right there in the middle.
1: Right. So I think a lot of it depends on the person that you're talking to and asking them where they stand. So if they give you a conflicting thing like a left-leaning conservative... Well, uh, you need to know what that means. And the only way to know what that means for that person is to ask them, are they liberal on social issues? Are they liberal on economic issues? Where does the left lean come in? And then where does the conservative come in? Yeah. And same for anything else. So if you think of it on a spectrum where conservative is on the far right and liberal is on the far left and then there's a middle line. Somewhere along the continuum, they're going to cross the middle line somewhere and fall on one side. But I mean, I think a lot—I think a lot of people are becoming uh, disinterested in the two-party system and don't feel like they can belong to a party.
0: It doesn't really apply very much anymore, mainly because the two parties have become so different from what they have historically been.
1: And so you'll see that. There's more of a variety of identification when it comes to political parties yeah. where you know less people feel comfortable saying I'm a Democrat yeah I'm a Republican sure um so that's why you're seeing the more complicated identities
0: right and also probably a terrible convoluted bullshit answer for me because uh-huh. it's yes. just hard it's a hard question to answer yeah so th- therefore it it renders the question not stupid it's it's just very difficult mm-hmm So thank you for writing in on the Facebook page. Again, 657-464-7609. I doubt it at dollamore.com. Of course, we're on Twitter. Before we move on, though, before we move on, uh, I recently have been a guest on two different podcasts. And it's not all politics. You know, we got kind of into my history and everything else. And uh, I wanted to plug those two shows. So if you're interested at all in that kind of thing... You can go and check out Eureka Podcast and The Indispensable Thursday Show. If you're unsure of how to <laughs> how to spell indispensable, because every time I fuck it up, just search for Sable and Dave. But The Indispensable Thursday Show and, again, The Eureka Podcast. I had a real great time on both those shows, and I would encourage you, if you're interested, to check it out.
1: So I was going to say that if someone has a better answer to that question to go ahead and send us an email or send us a voicemail and answer it for the anonymous person sending the message. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a good idea because it would probably be more thought out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. Well, in. I guess it's a part of follow up. Um, there has been a a settlement in a case involving a police officer, a state trooper from Alabama, and his rape victim, and he has is being sentenced to six months in prison, and that's really not even the worst part.
1: So Samuel McHenry was an Alabama state trooper. Back in December, he responded to a call that there had been a car accident. The victim says that McHenry handcuffed her, placed her in the back of his cruiser after finding pill bottles and an empty nasal spray bottle in her car. She was the car accident victim who had called for help. Mm-hmm. So he handcuffed her, placed her in the back of the car. Then he drove his cruiser, allegedly, um, to an exit and told the victim that she was going to have to, quote, fuck me or go to jail.
0: And this will likely not be quote unquote alleged in, in any time at all because once he pleads guilty to this then he'll be convicted of these charges but go ahead
1: the victim claimed that he got out of his car pulled his pants down and raped her and then forced her to perform oral sex on him Goddamn. afterward he allegedly drove the victim and left her at a closed store off the highway he was fired and charged with first degree rape and first degree sodomy But he cut a deal, and part of his plea agreement is that he will have his Alabama Peace Officers Standards and Training Commission certificate revoked. He'll have to register as a sex offender, and he will have to pay a few hundred dollars in restitution. And then he will be able to serve 182 days within the next year in increments at his own discretion.
0: So he has to serve six months in prison which I don't know that a prison has a work release program. It sounds like county jail. But he has to serve six months in jail whenever he wants to over the course of the next year. So he could just do four days a week and be done with it in fewer than six months. This leniency, I mean, why else would he get this ridiculous of leniency if it weren't for the fact that he was a police officer? In my mind, he should get a far more substantive sentence because he was a police officer and violated the public trust.
1: Right. He was the one who was called to the scene to help. Right. And then he took advantage of his authority, of his power, and that is more egregious.
0: To protect and serve is what he should be doing.
1: I mean... You get to serve the time at your own discretion. Nothing should be at your own discretion at this point.
0: Right. Well, How about not? We're not even talking about the six months in jail sentence, which is bullshit, which is ridiculous. It's abhorrent. I I don't know when this sentence goes into effect or when it even gets agreed to, but I I would call on this judge to refuse the plea agreement. That's only a recommendation of the state. The judge can really do anything he wants, he or she wants. And I would implore them, if you live in Alabama, look up this case. What's the the cop's name again?
1: Samuel McHenry.
0: Look into this case with Samuel McHenry. And, uh, god damn. This is disgusting. It's sad. All right. Well, let's, let's move on to something maybe a little bit more, uh... Upbeat, huh? Yes. Pew, 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 pew. Apparently, there is, and not really a shocker, I mean, even Donald Trump knows. I love the poorly educated. There is right now a divide between college-educated and non-college-educated members of the GOP.
1: So according to Pew, the 2016 presidential campaign has exposed class and education differences among Republicans. In several primary contests to date, billionaire Donald Trump has fared far better among white Republican voters who have not completed college than among white GOP college graduates. A review of the Pew Research Center surveys over the past several months finds that white Republican college graduates and white Republicans who do not have a degree generally agree on many political and policy issues. But there are also clear differences in their views on immigration, racial issues, politics and government, and business. Based on political surveys in 2015, white non-Hispanics made up a large majority, 80% of Republicans, and Republican-leaning independents. White non-Hispanics made up a smaller share, 65% of the public overall. Hmm. Among Republicans and Republican leaners, about a quarter, 23%, are white college graduates. Nearly 6 in 10, 57%, are whites who have either attended college but have not obtained a degree or have not obtained college.
0: Hmm, So it didn't go at all.
1: Right. Right. So Republicans overall are more likely to view immigrants as a burden to the U.S. rather than a, quote, strength. This view was more widely shared among less educated white Republicans than among those who have completed college. Roughly 6 in 10, 62 percent white non-college Republicans viewed immigrants as, quote, a burden on our country because they take our jobs, housing and health care. Just 26 percent said immigrants strengthen our country because of their hard work and talents. Among white college graduate Republicans, opinion was divided. 44% said immigrants strengthened the country, while 42% said they were a burden.
0: Ugh. Well, it's not, you know, like I said, I love the poorly educated. Not surprising at all because of the fact that we are seeing this in action right now. We are seeing the poorly educated, we are seeing the non college entrants or even finishers of college who are leading right now the push to nominate Donald Trump as the Republican nominee. So although this is very disconcerting news, it is not surprising. It's just they're finally putting it into to numbers that we can look at, tangible, you know?
1: So on the issue of race and uh, the confederate flag republicans and republican leaners 52 percent said the nation had made the changes needed to give blacks equal rights that is over half said that the nation is okay. already where we need to be right um well 39 said it had not on this question there were only modest differences in the views of white republican college graduates and non and white non-college Republicans. So 60% of college graduates said that the nation had made the needed changes for equality. And 53% of non-college Republicans said that. So there's some close agreement Hmm. on that issue between college, non-college Republicans.
0: I wonder how they asked that question because it's De- depending on how it was phrased, it could be... I may have answered it differently. You know what I mean?
1: So this is how it was phrased. Our country, and then you could choose, has made changes needed to give blacks equal rights or needs to keep making changes.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I would be on the needs to keep making changes. Mm-hmm. However, that that if I answered the other way, it wouldn't be incorrect. The country has, for sure, made changes... To make things equal it doesn't mean they've made all the changes to make things equal so it's it's a poorly constructed question it should have said has the country made all the changes necessary to make things equal okay that that would have been a more proper question
1: so we'll send that on up to the pew research center (laughs) (laughs) um so 32 percent of better educated white republicans and 40 percent of those who do not have a college degree said racism is a big problem in society so not a big difference there either. Um, so I'm not really sure what Pew Research was talking about because most of these that I've read aren't huge differences. Right, right. Um, there's some differences, but um, you know. Well, not-
0: let's l- let's segue into the next the next story, which is kind of in line with this, and it is the most racist places in the United States, which I would say. I haven't seen the article. I haven't read the article. I don't know what the states are. I would venture a guess that the most racist places in these United States are going to be states or places. I don't know which it is. But they're going to be places that Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton both win their primaries in caucus areas.
1: So this is from adobo.com, which is a... Um, apartment location startup <laughs> um, <laughs> that scanned millions of tweets from june 2014 through december 2015 and they determined that through the use of language there were some problematic states and they analyzed a couple of different things uh, like derogatory language slurs Um, prejudice language against black people, Hispanic, Latino people, women, gays, lesbians, transgendered people, people with disabilities, and um, the overweight. So according to adobo.com, Overall derogatory language by state, and this is all derogatory language per one hundred thousand tweets. So, do you want to guess the state that had the most derogatory language um, coming out of their tweets?
0: It's going to be Deep South. I would say. Can I guess like three states? Yeah, I would say either Louisiana, that Mississippi, is it. Mississippi, or Alabama is what I was going to say.
1: So it is Louisiana. God damn. Yeah. And so the top 10 just quickly going from number 1, Louisiana, Nevada, Texas, Maryland, Delaware, Ohio, California, Michigan, Georgia, and Rhode Island.
0: Okay. So, as I said before, when you probably weren't listening because you were preparing to read gloriously, I want to I want you to reread that, the most racist, and I want to see if Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton are winners in their respective primary caucus states for the most racist areas. So Louisiana is... I just pulled it up. Hang on.
1: Well, Hillary Clinton won Louisiana.
0: Okay. Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. What's next?
1: Nevada. Hasn't happened yet.
0: Yeah, Only one of them happened. That was Donald Trump. Texas. Texas. Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz and Hillary Clinton.
1: Delaware hasn't happened. Yeah. Ohio hasn't happened. Hasn't happened. California hasn't happened. Michigan hasn't happened. Georgia.
0: Georgia. Donald Trump. Hillary Clinton.
1: (laughs) And Rhode Island hasn't happened. It has
0: not happened yet. Yeah. That shocks me about Rhode Island, though. Yeah. Interesting. New England. Weird. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's the fat people they don't like.
1: (laughs) So they... They broke this down even by city. Um, so they did um, anti-black tweets by city, and these are slurs against black people used in tweets. Right. So would you like to guess the city that was number one? Um, it's quite interesting.
0: Using the N-word.
1: Using language that is offensive to black people. Uh, using slurs, okay, I don't okay. know what it is, but it's derogatory language.
0: Um, Atlanta.
1: That is number two.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, uh, okay, hang on. Uh, <laughs> um, Jackson, Mississippi? Baltimore. Baltimore.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that could also be, is it only whites using that language or did they, did they analyze whether it's blacks also just casually using, you know, generally offensive language toward other blacks?
1: Well, so they analyzed 12 million tweets from... June 2014 to December 2015. Mm-hmm. So I don't know
0: <laughs> right, exactly what their methodology is. They're not being real upfront about it. Right.
1: This is an apartment searching service. <laughs> So you're not
0: going to hold them to a Pew Research or a 538 standard. Yeah.
1: People are probably like, why are they even talking about this? (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It is interesting. And, you know, they're obviously doing this because they're an apartment hunting service. And it's kind of like, look at all these places you can live. These are the best places to live um, that are not on these lists. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Um, So if you want to learn more About this, we will post it to the Facebook page and the Twitter page, and you can go and review the cities and states yourself.
0: And you should also, while you're there, click on the little like button on the Facebook page. Huh? See? Doing work here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good. All right. Well, let's, let's move on. Support for I Doubt It With Dolomore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like yourself by way of Patreon. You can contribute per episode, as much or as little as you'd like, comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget, and helping move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash I Doubt It With Dolomore. I would like to first and foremost thank Kristen, the latest member of the Patreon family.
1: Thank you to Kristen.
0: That is awesome. It's like between every episode now, we're getting someone new who is into it. Mm -hmm. Thank you for helping us move the conversation forward. We really, really appreciate it very much. I would like to give an announcement about the last two debates We are going to do what we did a few episodes ago, and we're going to combine the Republican and Democrat debate episode into one, mainly because the Republican debate, although there were fireworks, eh, it's not really worth covering an hour and a half of, of bullshitting about it. So we're going to combine Democrat and Republican.
1: Did you hear Donald Trump talk about his penis? Okay, then that's what happened at the debate.
0: (laughs) That is is exactly Um,
1: right. So that was pretty much the debate.
0: You got it.
1: Yeah, and they happened so close together this week where it was kind of, you know, let's just throw it all into one.
0: Right on. All right. Thank you, Kristen. Moving on. Democracy 2016 facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. With realistic optimism. Super Saturday. We have the results. We know <laughs> what happened and there were a few surprises. Donald Trump didn't do quite as well as he did on Super Tuesday.
1: So Donald Trump won 2 states and Ted Cruz won 2 states.
0: But Ted Cruz walked away with more delegates.
1: Right, 69. Than Donald Trump.
0: So he's staving off the the march toward the nomination. By just a little bit.
1: Right, so the Republican needs 1,237 delegates to win. Right now, Trump is in the lead with 384 delegates. Ted Cruz is second with 300, so 84 away. And Marco Rubio has 151. John Kasich has 37.
0: And there are several states leading, going forward, that are winner take all. Mm -hmm. They're not apportioned.
1: Right, which means if you win the state, then you get all of the delegates in the state.
0: And if you get second in the state, you get zero.
1: No delegates <laughs> for you.
0: Right. So um, Trump won uh, Kentucky and Louisiana, no shocker there, by 36 and 41% respectively. Ted Cruz won Kansas and Maine and really not a not a super shocker there. I mean, Maine it, it is a little bit more it's not as consequential a state, but I'm I'm a little surprised that it was a more unreasonable candidate than one Maine. Maine tends to be more of a liberal New England state. Both of the senators when I worked on Capitol Hill were Susan Collins and and Olympia Snow mm-hmm. who, who were both very liberal Republicans. Hmm. Moderate, I guess, Republicans, yeah. yeah. So on the Democrat side of things, uh, Bernie Sanders.
1: Right. He won two states, and Hillary Clinton won one state.
0: That's right. Uh, Bernie Sanders won Kansas and Nebraska, which are both caucus states, not primary states. And as we mentioned before, Hillary Clinton, a massive win in Louisiana, the most racist state, according to that apartment, <laughs> apartment renting uh, company, um, she won by 71% of the vote, the Democratic vote, so pretty big.
1: Yeah, and I would give the delegate count, but it has a lot of superdelegates in the count.
0: Which I am still very bothered by, that they're counting the 400 or so superdelegates among Hillary Clinton's total because they, they may be pledged right now, but they're not. it's not written in stone. If Bernie Sanders starts win- winning, then those delegates can switch their votes. Mm-hmm. It bothers me that the media is being—it's a little disingenuous. So then there was another one today. Today is Sunday, and Maine—the Democratic primary in Maine—happened, and Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. So between yesterday and today, Bernie won three states, and Hillary Clinton only won. So pretty big.
1: And Marco Rubio won Puerto Rico today,
0: and he and and he won Puerto Rico, yeah. right? So. Which they don't vote for president, but apparently they send delegates. Okay. I don't really, I don't really know.
1: <laughs> Doesn't make a lot of sense how that
0: works, right?
1: It was interesting because I saw some people on Facebook saying, "Why isn't the media reporting that Bernie Sanders won these states on Super Saturday?" And the person had like screenshots that they had taken uh, where they were only reporting on Hillary's win. And I said, you know, they are reporting Bernie's win. I'm not, like, everywhere it's being reported. I was getting AP alerts to my phone. It was on CNN. It was everywhere.
0: I see that a lot, especially with Bernie Sanders supporters. They want so desperately for there to be some kind of a conspiracy theory to, to try to stop the progress and the momentum of Bernie Sanders that they will, they'll take stabs in the dark at any theory, even when it's, not true.
1: Right, like the media is not going to announce that Bernie Sanders won a state.
0: Right, right. It's mm. all over the media.
1: Right, so what ended up happening was this person was searching Democratic primary into Google, and the only primary was Louisiana, right. which Hillary Clinton won. The other states, Kansas and Nebraska, were caucuses. right? So, so if you searched Democratic that's <laughs> caucus, right. that's exactly then right. you would have seen Bernie Sanders. But, you know, you don't need to make things up in order to convey an important point, which is, yes, Bernie Sanders should be getting more media coverage. Although I wouldn't say that they're covering Hillary Clinton in his place. I would say they're covering Donald Trump in his place.
0: For sure. All the candidates on both sides of the aisle on in both political parties are losing airtime because Donald Trump is sucking all of the oxygen out of the room. Right. It's not... Hillary more than Bernie. It's Donald Trump more than fucking everybody. They
1: cover every speech he gives, everything he says. Oh, if he yeah. farts, they're like going to. Wow. Th- <laughs> I'm just, I don't
0: know. <laughs> right. So. Breaking news. Other breaking news. Thank you, Brittany Page. <laughs> is Dr. Ben Carson, the very sleepy Dr. Ben Carson, is now officially suspended his presidential campaign. One more quitter to add to the list.
1: So he officially announced that he ended his campaign. Quote, even though I might be leaving the campaign trail, you know, there's a lot of people who love me. They just won't vote for me. (laughs) Uh, But it's okay. It's not a problem. I will still continue to be heavily involved in trying to save our nation. So he left and he took a job with a Christian organization called My Faith Votes and he is the new national chairman for My Faith Votes.
0: So it's a religion political advocacy group is what he's going to go do. Blending, of course, the two things, the two great tastes that go great together, religion and politics.
1: So I just went to the My My Faith Votes website and it says that it is a Nonpartisan movement inspiring Christians to vote. <laughs> yes, I'm sure that they want yeah, everyone not, to go vote for Bernie Sanders. Nonpartisan <laughs>
0: indeed. Sure. Well, of course, that leaves in the Republican race officially now Trump, Rubio, Cruz, and Kasich. Just those four. So let's cover a little bit of Trump before we move on. Um there has been a weird set of flip-flopping on positions just over the course of one day with Donald Trump. He said during the Republican debate that he was A-OK with torture, with waterboarding, and not only that, we're going to do a hell of a lot more than that when he's president. That is what he said in a recent Republican debate. Well, apparently, he just came out and said, "Ah, not so fast. I'm going to flip-flop on that, and I have a different opinion now. After only one day.
1: In a statement Friday, Trump said that he understands, quote, that the United States is bound by laws and treaties, and that he would not, quote, order our military or other officials to violate those laws, and will seek their advice on such matters. Quote, I will not order a military officer to disobey the law. It is clear that as president, I will be bound by laws, just like all Americans, and I will meet those responsibilities.
0: Ugh and he still retains massive support among Republicans. Uh, these... It, it, I am at a loss of words. I love the poorly educated. It is shocking to me that so many people don't question, aren't bothered by the fact that he is changing positions on vitally important policy positions from one day to the next. So his spokesperson
1: woman katrina pearson said quote he realized that people took him literally that's why he put out this statement
0: well, so how else are we going to take our president oh is he being figurative or how how in what context should we take him
1: right he's just kidding
0: it was just a jk guys <laughs>
1: yeah we love when the presidents joke about killing terrorist families that's great
0: Oh, my God. It's so fucking sad. Does,
1: do they expect us to believe that? Oh, right. he, he had to do a statement because you guys took him literally.
0: I guess he's okay. also joking in the the rallies that he's having where he's almost inciting violence. Right. In a story we covered a last week, there was a Black Lives Matter, a young black woman in the crowd who was being yelled at, called a leftist scum. They were calling her all kinds of racial epithets, treating her terribly as they were throwing her out of the rally. Well, it appears that one of those abusers in the crowd was slated to join the Marine Corps, for which I have deep love, respect, and loyalty. And the Marine Corps told him to fuck straight off.
1: Joseph Pryor demonstrated poor judgment in his use of social media that associates him with a radically charged altercation at a political rally. Hatred toward any group of individuals is not tolerated in the Marine Corps, and he is being discharged from our delayed entry program effective yesterday.
0: So what this means is he wasn't, everybody's saying he got kicked out of the Marine Corps. He wasn't in the Marine Corps to get kicked out. He is in the DEP, the delayed entry program. He's a recruit Who's getting ready to ship to boot camp to become a Marine. And I think rightly so. The Marine Corps realized this piece of shit is not anything we want. We don't want to have anything to do with this. And no. So they put the kibosh on that. Good for them.
1: People in the crowd were identified pretty quickly, and I was surprised by how this happened. But there was also someone in the crowd that was an active white supremacist, and he was identified, and, you know, the internet just really takes care of biz on these things.
0: (laughs) Sometimes a little too aggressively. Yeah, so. And then the other thing about Trump, well, I guess kind of one and a half more things. We haven't really talked about this, but the New York Times did an interview on immigration, the New York Times editorial review board. And they had a meeting with Trump talking about immigration. And apparently it was recorded, but some of it was off the record. And it was during these off-the-record parts of the talk where he indicated that he was not quite as crazy on immigration and anti-immigration policies as he is saying.
1: The New York Times is sitting on an audio recording that some of its staff believes could deal a serious blow to Donald Trump, who, in an off-the-record meeting with the newspaper, called into question whether he would stand by his own immigration views. Trump visited the paper's Manhattan headquarters on Tuesday, January 5th, as a part of a round of editorial board meetings that, as is traditional, the Democratic candidates for president and some of the Republicans attended. The meetings conducted partly on the record and partly off the record give candidates a chance to make their pitch for the paper's endorsement. After a dispute over Trump's suggestion of tariffs on Chinese goods, the Times released a portion of the recording, but that was from the the on-the-record part of the session.
0: So what what has happened here is... A lot of people are asking for him to re- to allow the New York Times to release the off the record portion to the public, and he won't do it. He's refusing outright to do it and saying he doesn't want to jeopardize the position of the New York Times.
1: Right, he's protecting the New York Times. Right,
0: off the record is is a a journalistic technique used to to protect the interviewer e the interviewee mm-hmm. not the interviewer right so all he has to do is yeah i'm not embarrassed of anything i said i give the the new york times full permission to release those tapes mm-hmm. and he is refusing so there must be something there must be something that he is afraid to have to be public knowledge
1: what other reason could there be
0: right so the other thing that's only half Trump related is on Super Tuesday, after the results had been released, apparently searches for what the process is to move to Canada spiked immeasurably almost
1: in the hours after the republican presidential hopeful donald trump swept the primaries in seven states on super tuesday the number of google searches for how to move to canada jumped more than 10 times in the u.s (laughs) the surge in americans trying to find out how to immigrate to canada was first pointed out by simon rogers data editor at google on twitter And he said searches for how can I move to Canada on Google have spiked 350% in the past four hours. At its peak around midnight, the search query, how can I move to Canada, spiked by more than 1,000% according to Google Trends. (laughs) So now everyone wants out.
0: Well, they're they're planning their exit strategy (laughs) at the very least. Mm -hmm. You know, moving emigrating to another country is a complex thing. You want hit, to hit Google up early to find out exactly what you need to do.
1: Right. You're going to need to plan <laughs> ahead. They're, they're getting a jump on it.
0: Right. So in other campaign news and in other candidate news, John Kasich, who is just not getting the traction that he wants or needs, for that matter, has a new endorsement. And I'm not sure just how much support it's going to garner him going forward, but it's none other than Arnold Schwarzenegger, who announced it on Vine with John Kasich. I want John Kasich to be the next nominee of the Republicans and also to be the next president of the United States. Here he is. Thank you, Arnold. Love you, man. (laughs) Goddamn. That is so weird. Is it sad or is it just really weird?
1: It's just kind of weird.
0: And again, <laughs> it makes me think about there's got to be some. In, I mean, th- look, this isn't as bad as the KKK endorsing you, but it's certainly Arnold Schwarzenegger is not a popular governor of California. No. With Republicans or Democrats. He's pretty roundly disliked. People think he did a pretty shitty job.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, Great. He supports Kasich. <laughs> oh, awesome. Okay. And then the other thing, John Kasich was recently, I believe, with George Stephanopoulos. Yep. And he was they were talking about the, the possibility of a brokered convention and he had some what I consider to be odd things to say about the prospect.
1: So George Stephanopoulos suggested that John Kasich has no way to earn the number of delegates needed to earn the Republican nomination without a contested convention. And John Kasich said, George, no one is going to have the numbers. What are you talking about? What's the big deal about that? Other than it's exciting. Think about how much education our kids are going to get about the way in which we pick a president. I think it will be very cool, he said.
0: I think it's great, and I also think that he should absolutely, just in the spirit of keeping the nomination out of the grubby orange mitts of Donald Trump, (laughs) he needs to stay in the race until at least Ohio, because he will win Ohio, which is a winner-take-all state. I would love for this to go to the convention, have Donald Trump not have the requisite 1,273 delegates, and then have some kind of a brokered convention situation. Because, from an electability standpoint, and also just a rational standpoint, a Kasich Rubio ticket would be just about ungoddamn beatable. Because it's a Florida senator, it's an Ohio governor. Those two states are must, must wins. They are maybe the two most important states. In a presidential election, I mean, historically, and they would have them wrapped up. And if the GOP, if if the, the boots on the ground, as it were, your mainline mainstream Republican voter, if they were fucking smart at all, they would be voting for those two guys because that's where you win. That's the sweet spot for the Republican Party.
1: So John Kasich says that he's pretty confident he'll perform well in Michigan, and he says that he is guaranteed a win in his home state of Ohio on March 15th, and 538 does have him um, with a 44% chance of winning and Trump at a 35% chance of winning. That's good. So we'll see what happens in Ohio. That's March 15th. The big states are coming.
0: They are coming. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's. we're going to wrap it up a little early, but let's wrap it up with... A little Bernie Sanders. Uh, now this news, I guess they put out these little videos that, that they go viral on Facebook. And they put out this little video of Bernie Sanders talking about Hillary Clinton, as we've talked in the past. He is talking about her releasing the transcripts to of speeches that she gave to big banks. And I found it very funny. And I also like the fact that Bernie isn't. Letting up on this topic because it got brought up again tonight at the Democratic debate, and she is looking worse and worse and worse the longer she takes to release the transcripts. There were boos, audible boos in the audience when she again refused to release them. Here's Bernie. I kind of think if you're going to be if you're going to be paid two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars for a speech. It must be a fantastic speech. A brilliant speech, which you would want to share with the American people, right? You know, 225,000 extraordinary speech. Shakespearean speech. So we all look forward to seeing it. to release anything I have when everybody else does the same because every other candidate in this race has given speeches to private groups including Senator Sanders. So, uh, in the debate tonight, the same topic came up. And she said that same thing. As soon as the other candidates in the race do it, I will do it too. And Bernie, in, in turn, said, well, I'm your opponent in the Democratic primary and... I will. Here it is. And he sh- waves his hands around. And he goes, it's nothing because I don't give speeches to, <laughs> to people on Wall Street.
1: Yeah, it was great.
0: <laughs> but when she did, she when she said that whole spiel again about well, I'll do it when everybody else. Is, right. The audience booed. They were unhappy with that. It's damaging her right now. And Bernie's doing the right thing by keeping it in the forefront. And I hope for the sake of fairness and for the sake of focusing on what's important that the media continues to do it too.
1: Well, one unfortunate thing I'm seeing after the Democratic debate in the media is this accusation that Bernie Sanders was being sexist because at one point he said, excuse me, I'm talking, when Hillary Clinton tried to interrupt him when he was speaking. Right,
0: let me finish, he said a couple times too.
1: Yeah, and so the media, I've, I've heard it reported in different Media outlets. New York
0: Magazine was one of them for sure, right?
1: And then there were panelists on CNN tonight talking about how it was sexist. Um, no, if you watched the whole debate, Hillary Clinton was interrupting. She was going over her talking time every single answer, and not
0: just going over the time where it's like ding ding, and then she keeps talking for ten seconds. She would take like almost double the time. It right, seemed, it, it, very an- long over.
1: Anderson would be saying, uh, "Secretary." Oh, Secretary Can I oh.
0: with it, 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 it what Trying I was to gonna, unsex well, how about
1: Trying it? to unsuccessfully <laughs> cut her off. Right, right. And it wasn't working, but it wasn't sexist. And it's also weird to be saying we need to like defend her because someone shushed her.
0: Well what? I would agree with that.
1: Because she's running for president. She can handle herself. Yes. Even aside from she's running for president, she can handle herself. If someone is saying, excuse me, I'm speaking, if she wants to take issue with them saying that, then she can take issue right, right then and there and say, excuse me, don't talk to me like that. But she didn't because it's not a big deal.
0: It's, this goes to what I've been saying since the Democratic debate started, that Bernie Sanders is in a tough spot because he can't shout her down. Otherwise, this is the the charge that gets leveled. Right. And here we go. The first time that he says, excuse me, let me finish my point, mm-hmm. and everybody screams sexism. Right. It's, it's bullshit. But he's in... Look, I he knows the game. He's in a tough spot. I was... I was... I felt good. <laughs> I was struggling for the words. When I read the New York Magazine, uh, the comments on Facebook from that post where they alleged that it was arguably, quote unquote, sexist, and... Every single comment I read was calling bullshit that that wasn't the case at all, even women. That's good. Yeah, I, I think so. Well, all right. There you have it. Episode two. Oh, wait. <laughs> Maybe that should be the tooting of the horn.
1: Is that like a horn introducing the Mormon Tabernacle Choir or something? Uh, What is that? I don't
0: know. What do I? I don't know. All right. It's introducing our 200th episode.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Milestone. So we love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for joining us. I say it every time. Thank you for joining us twice a week or as often as you do. If you'd like to support the show other than listening to my ear bleeding causing voice, Go to the website, dollamore.com, and on the left-hand side of the page, there's a link that says support the show there. You can follow along to go to Patreon to give us you know, a quarter or 50 cents an episode. You could donate via PayPal. You can uh, buy something on Amazon. There are ways that are beautiful ways to help us move the conversation forward. You could spread the word. Tell your neighbors. Tell your friends. Tell your family. We appreciate all of your support, and for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dallamore, and this has been, I Doubt It, just a little, little, little teehee.